What's going on, millionaires? You're listening to the Million Dollar Mind Podcast, episode 172 on fellowship, fitness, finance, and film. Man, I'm super excited to have this um this interview. Got my brother Timmy Tao in the building, man. It's feeling good, bro. So for those who don't know Timmy, right? Not only is Timmy the guy that's getting your guy right, right? Y'all see me posting the shorts on YouTube. I'm, I'm getting back in the gym. I'm getting right. Timmy is getting me right. So Timmy is a fitness enthusiast, also a personal trainer and coach and film director and content creator, among many other things, which we're going to talk about today. But I, I feel it's only right that I get my guy Timmy on the show to talk about fitness, film, <laughs> fellowship, right? Because yes. we got this large community. But um, Timmy, why don't you go ahead and tell our listeners a little bit more about you and what they can expect from, you know, today's content. You know, first off, Q, thank you for having me on here. I was saying earlier to you that I've never been able to be on really like a podcast like this, not because I haven't really been invited, but you know, I think timing is everything. So mm -hmm. I think at this moment that we're in now, uh, this is the perfect time for me to, you know, I think have my first interview, I guess. Yeah, yeah. You know, like my first, like, visual, real interview. And I think, you know, of course, you know, seeing who you've been just through fitness, mm -hmm. I already know, like, what your drive is like. So, man, I appreciate this. I know you take this very serious, just like you take yourself and your body serious. So. It's an honor to be here today, man. It's, it's an honor. It's an honor having you, bro. And man, so Timmy, y'all y'all can't hear it because we we in the spot. It's just it's a different vibe. Yeah, like yeah, gotta, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, <laughs> that's the guy Timmy really stop, is. That's the guy Timmy really I don't is. Because the police will come over here. And nah, the police are straight, man. We we good. Hear me, bro. Trust they, me. Yeah. So he he he's being he's being extremely humble, but that's the guy that he is, and I'm super grateful to have Timmy on the show to talk with you all. And for our millionaires who are joining us for the first time, welcome. And for those who are vets, welcome back to the Million Dollar Mind podcast. I'm your guy Kai Speaks, and um, this is the world's most trusted podcast for passion attraction. We are number one in passion attraction in the world, top ten percent in mindset podcast. And I'm just super thankful to have you all just a part of that journey with me. Two years in this podcast game and uh we still counting right we still flowing and uh you're in the right place if you were here looking for tips and tricks to making some money while living a passionate life doing what you love that passion work so let, let's start off with your experiences timmy like what experiences like really molded you into you know this this trainer this yeah. this this film content creator just the timmy tail that's sitting with us today what yeah. what, what what experiences kind of molded you into that person I, I like first off how you say experiences because i think you know, the best um, growth and the best knowledge for a person is their experiences. Mm -hmm. But, um, of course, what brought me here today, um, I can start off with military school. Um, when I was in eighth and ninth grade, mm -hmm. my mother sent me to military school, really in eighth grade. I was acting up, you know, not doing right, not taking school seriously. And so she sent me to the Marine Military Academy in Harlingen, Texas. And uh, this school was past the border of Mexico. Mm. So, like, you know, it tells you, like, just so you can understand the location. Um, we were, like, in the, like, desert tropics mm. region area, mm -hmm. secluded from really kind of reality. Um, but, yeah, that, that experience really changed and started to mold my my life, like, the way it is. It started to, like, make me the man I am today. Mm -hmm. uh, literally from the aspect of discipline. Um, anyone that just hears of the term military school, <laughs> you know, you already know that yeah. it's crazy. It's crazy. But my experience was crazy. So I, to make a long story short, my experience that I had at military school was similar to that movie Full Metal Jacket. I don't know if you've seen I've, it. I've never seen it. Tell, a, tell us a little bit about it. See, like, now I'm a film guy, too. Yeah. So Full Metal Jacket is one of those movies that it's different than every other film. Mm -hmm. um, it's almost like two films in one. And mm -hmm. so it starts off, I, gotta, I don't want to spoil it for anyone. But it starts off focusing on a character that is new to the military mm -hmm. and then going through uh, some sort of boot camp. And, you know, everyone knows that in the military, when you have new, like, cadets come in, those cadets have to go through a specific process, almost like initiation. Mm -hmm. And so the movie depicts that initiation process uh, strictly, like, in the Marine Corps. And, of course, I went to the Marine Military Academy. Right. So, 
you know, that movie, we actually, my first time watching it was at military school, which was crazy. Because when I watched it, I felt like I was going through the, the exact same thing mm-hmm. that the main character in the first segment was going through. That's probably why they had y'all watch it. Man. <laughs> but you know what was crazy? What? In the film, the main character, he blows his head off. Damn. From trauma. You know, Damn. from what he was currently going through. Mm-hmm. Which, at the end of the day, when you think of being out of it, mm-hmm. it doesn't seem as bad. But when you think about, like, when you really watch something like that, it's like, whew. Like, you know, the structure of the military is a little scary. Like, it's not meant for, like, humans. You know Mm. what I'm saying? So that was one thing that kind of molded me because it took away, you know, um, I think race was not an issue there. I think we were all, like, the same people in the melting pot. And in that melting pot, we each had to survive. And they taught me how to become a man, become more disciplined and, how to really be able to survive in an environment where, you know, I might not be the dominant one, you know. And so, well, I definitely wasn't the dominant one. <laughs> you know, so there's, I can go deep in, in that military school aspect, but that's one one moment that first started to change, I think, in my life, personally. I'm sure, and I'm sure it probably gave you, like, majority of, like, the discipline. I mean, sticking to a schedule. Discipline was through fitness. One, the, the dorm I stayed in, we called them barracks. Mm-hmm. So I stayed in Echo Company, which was known for the company that would wake up earlier before any company, just to do PT in the morning. So most of the other companies, when they woke up in the morning, everyone was required to do PT. And most of the companies run just around like a mile or whatever, jogging slow. Our instructor was a run, like a short, brolic runner. He also was the main trainer in the weight room. So like he wasn't no skinny dude that could run long distance. Like he was strong as an actual human in everything. And I never met anyone that was like him. Man. You know? So long story short, my bad, I'm talking a lot. <laughs> long story short, um when I was in this company, we our minimum miles was like three miles. So like when you talk about like even me understanding that I had to push myself past limits because everyone had to as a unit. That was a whole different thing for me. That was deeper than the camaraderie you would get on a football team. It was like, this is mandatory. Like, <laughs> you, this isn't what you chose to do. You got to do this. Is, your life like, is not yours anymore. This is what it is. And you got to run You got to run with the program. Or you get left behind. Or you get, or you, and you probably don't want to get left behind. Yeah, you don't want to get left behind. No one gets left behind. So that's interesting. So, okay, when you went through mili- military school, did like – the did the uh the habits of like fitness and just being more aware of like physical health did that kind of stay with you do you feel like you ever like fell off from that after leaving that school definitely um put in something new in me uh, because you know growing up i was kind of like not ever down on myself i was always kind of the fastest Mm -hmm. but i never thought that i was like that but in military school it's like they discipline us to believe that we have to be that Mm. Like we have to be the hero, mm-hmm. you know. So it was like, at the same time of uh, uh, of the discipline that I received at military school was like kind of harsh. It was also kind of um, very positively like beneficial and influential uh, because you know, I mean, when you think about being just simply a hero, being a father, mm-hmm. being a brother, a big brother, or being someone that someone looks up to, you know, you know that. You're going to have to go through things like sacrifice, you know, whether that's physically, mentally, or spiritually, just to help someone else. So, I mean, that was one thing that I kind of, like, learned that, like, I love the military, like, kind of, you know, because that's what they're teaching at the end of the day. You know, we actually are fighting for something, you know. And, you know, some people are against the military, too, and I understand. But, you know, going through just that academy taught me so much more. And like about the military, and I have so much more respect for them. So, so I mean, just from that answer, would you say that you would, when when you have children, you would put your 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 children through the same type of program? They're gonna have to go through that. Okay, it's just because I know they're gonna be a little bit of me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, they're gonna I mean, have, they're gonna share an experience with you. <laughs> yeah, equally well, yoked. <laughs> it's, I won't even say military school is for everyone, but if they're anything like me, 
They gotta go. Because <laughs> the other ass gonna be listening to me, so they gotta go. I need that discipline, that secluded, isolated discipline. And that's some of the things I've always had to learn throughout my life lessons. That's what happens to me, you know. I become isolated, secluded. Mm-hmm. And I get it. It makes sense, too, because, like, it, it would be easier for them to understand, like, why and how you are the way you are and why you suggest certain certain things, right? Really? Them having that experience with you is like, okay, I get why Pops yeah. is saying this and that, yeah. right? So that it makes sense from the discipline side of things and the fitness side of things. And y'all can't see it, but, you know, Timmy got a camera on his leg. He got the <laughs> Premier Pro logo on the, on the hand. Like, he got a lot going, he got, he got a lot going on. So, it was like, when did, when did the passion for film come in, into this story? It's crazy because, for me, I thought it was – so I'll start off with what my parents say. Um, my mother tells me that I've always been into film and photography. And, you know, when I think about it and look back – at like even videos that I have of myself. I was like, dang, I was like capturing myself flipping at the age of like 10. I used to record myself like trying to dance at the age of like six, five, with just anything that they have. My dad used to always be recording with the camcorder. And then he recently told me that his father, my grandfather, I never got to meet him in Nigeria, had a dark room, had one of the only dark rooms in Ogun State. So, you know, just hearing that, it's like, wow, like, you know, it was almost like in my blood. <laughs> um, but at the same time, even within my own spirit, um, I really got heavy into it. Um, kind of when social media emerged. So YouTube was like real popular. Um, I had a YouTube channel and I uploaded just videos all of myself on there. Mm-hmm. Um, I always loved to record it my, like myself. Mm-hmm. You know, I always saw everyone else with a camera and they're always like capturing other things and like, trees and plants and yeah i mean but i would always tell people like yo turn it around on you yeah look at yourself like because yeah. i always knew that a camera would when i saw myself i felt better you know like i used to like looking at it and so even growing up and going through that phase of youtube facebook whenever emerged my mom let me make a facebook and i was right when i was sent to military school so i came back home from military school when i was first back and Facebook emerged. And so when I went to military school, I left all the people that I was at, like with, you know, at private school. And like, like I didn't get the, like I couldn't contact them anymore. So when Facebook emerged, I was able to add all those friends back and reconnect. And they ended up sending me letters to my military school. Like I got like 116 letters. Like it's crazy they were writing. They, 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 they loved you, man. They, they loved, loved you. Man. There were some girl, little white girls that liked me. <laughs> I was like, uh huh. <laughs> but no, you know, it was crazy because as like through those times, I was able to emotionally like reflect through Facebook just to be able to communicate back to people like that didn't know what was going on. So I'm over here taking pictures in my uniform like this. I remember we had um, the Marines are like, yellow and like red or burgundy and there was like a, a, a yellow lamborghini and i was in my full uniform and like you know we don't get to ever see anything because we're always on base but it was just i was like i have to get a picture of this like just to show it to my class like you know what i'm saying yeah. and literally like just me getting that picture was so hard like to find someone to take that picture just so i could get it on facebook and then getting it on facebook i had to go to like a hotel like 20 minutes away, spend my whole stipend on a taxi just to go to a hotel so I can get on the computer at the hotel without permission and get on the computer and go on Facebook just so I could upload that picture. This was while you was still in military school? Yes. Oh, so they let us go out sometimes, like when yeah. I was always in trouble for no reason, literally. I felt like it was no reason, but I was always smiling and stuff. And, you know, I know you can't smile at military school, so I would get restricted because so I was smiling. And you know, that's crazy. I'd be playful because I would always get in trouble being yeah. playful, you know, and it wouldn't be anything bad. But but speaking of that, like I I love to I love to hear that like that was always who you was like the the smiling the Man. energetic type, and you didn't you didn't let something as strict and as like like structured as as, as military crazy. school, you know, oh, yeah. to 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 change who you are because you would expect going through something like that always being in oh. trouble. You would come out as this callous type yeah. person, this person that really barely breaks his, you know, cracks a smile. 
and breaks character. <laughs> but man, when I tell you Timmy come up and like you, it'd be those days where it's like Monday or or Friday, you don't feel like being in the gym, and then Timmy just come in that in that thing and he light he lighted up like he just yes yeah, sir like just bringing all the energy. So to hear that 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 story of you like them th- that's something that you got trouble for right like and you didn't let it break you. That shows like true resilience and and, and, and it's really a test of character and. Um, with the so, did you ever? Cause you got a lot going on to me. Like you got the the film. You you got a couple like high 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 <laughs> you know uh, radar clients. You yeah, know I'll let yeah, you yeah. speak on that. Um, but then also you know taking on clients yeah. with the training. Yeah. You know between the two, how do you balance your time, or how do you find balance between? you know, your fitness clients and your film clients and just kind of even bringing the, the two passions together, yeah. even how, like, how do you find that time and balance? Well, it's crazy. Cause so, you know, I just recently went through like a little injury, but that injury taught me about like slowing down and about like creating like a plan and a schedule for myself. So throughout the process of me healing myself last year, um, you know, I really had to take the time out of my day to like know when I needed to like work on my health and wellness and like take care of Timmy. And so every day I knew I would set a schedule at from like 4.30 a.m. to 12, I was gonna do everything I need to do for me. And so I know always when I first wake up, it's best for me to go straight to the gym, you know, without even like, you know, I like to smoke marijuana at times. So without even doing any of that, like first thing is to tackle everything throughout the day that I can do so fitness wise, when I come back from the gym, usually at like after 10.30 edits, you know, and then right after that, it's like, okay, that's when I can get into my shooting uh, clients or photography or even deeper editing or meetings or anything, even doing this right now. And so when I set up that schedule for myself personally and stuck to it, that's when I started attracting people that were really trying to like kind of work out with me. And then that's when it started being like, oh, snap. Like, I was always kind of recording myself, but now I had an excuse to get crack footage because now I had other people around to really hold the camera and record me. And then in return, I would record them, you know. But then, of course, that led to, of course, me meeting Ryan and Ty. Um, I think Mr. J. Hines brought them and literally... When they saw me, you know, they were like, yo, we got to invest. And then you were right there with them. You guys just chose to really, like, kind of invest in me because you guys felt like the energy was good. So, um, you know, I think that that consistency of me creating that schedule led me to be able to still do what I do, which nothing has really changed. Because y'all just work out with me, really. Y'all pay to work out with me and get content. Even though you might feel like I'm training you, we're really working out together. Right, right. But that's also the difference between other trainers as well uh, that I noticed is that they don't really work out with their clients, which it's not a lack, but some trainers might say it takes away focus. But me, I know that it adds value to you guys continuing to work out mm-hmm. and then pushing yourselves even further. And then also that still takes my time of getting my workout in. Mm-hmm. At least my first workout. At least the, the first day. workout. I know. Yeah. yeah. At least the first workout in the day. Because the, the work never stops. People always say, how do you get to the top? It takes two. It takes two to get to the top, not one. Not one workout, two. So just remember that. But now, um, it's funny. Uh, like, literally being in the morning, there in the morning with you guys every morning, it's crazy. Because you guys bring so much more energy to myself. And it makes me even just... Think about what we can do more when I go back and look at the clips, you know, and see just a little bit of the footage because sometimes I don't even look at all of it. But what I do see, I'm like, oh, my God, people are actually slick changing, looking a little different. So now it's like at this moment that we're at now during this interview, you know, it's like I don't even know like how this has come to be like this, even though I might have just explained it. But now what I see is a lot more people being involved and being moved. Yeah, it, it sounds like 
is divine. It's like it's out of it's out of your control, yeah. right? You do what you can control, which is, mm-hmm. you know, blocking out your times, you know, following the schedule. Yeah. You know, you follow your schedule and then like you said, you then start to attract yeah. people who also respect their time and exactly. their schedules. Because and Exactly. So we just align ourselves with each other and I mean the the the, the word it sounds like that is most important in that because just how you said we bring you know energy to you you bring that same energy back to us and it's called community right and that community is a big piece and that's even part of this interview fellowship right how do how would you say like not even just our community that we form but just community support systems in general how has that played a part into you know the balance of all these passions and being able to implement them in your life i mean community is everything you know whether it's if it's brotherhood family friends or all of that combined together or even like you know you representing a specific area city state i think community is huge and you know i think where i first really understood the power of community was at, at morehouse but um i understood the power of community at morehouse because martin luther king used to always talk about i had to study martin luther king at morehouse he went there yeah, of course that's my frat brother man i, I love it you yes, know sir. i had to bring that up i had to bring that up <laughs> I mean, no, I mean, it's really what it is. Like Martin Luther King, proud brother of Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Incorporated. So, you know, just knowing that piece of history, I, too, had to, you know, study Martin Luther King and, you know, just kind of knowing his history in general. As you know, it's just a, a, another piece of the puzzle of understanding not only who you are, but, you know, the impact that you can make, um, the importance of community, the importance of bringing people together. Uh, to make a huge difference and to make really those big changes that we look to seek. Yeah. And most people think they have to do it by themselves. Yeah. Studying him was how I'm able to see like community is what makes the big impact even more possible. Definitely. Right. Definitely. I'm, I'm right there with you on that. And it's like, you know, I kind of like took on his ideologies that he used to stand on and preach back on the, in the day about like community. And when you even think about, you know, what he was doing back in the day, mm-hmm. you know, using media um, to kind of tell the truth on what was going on in certain issues in the world. But then, you know, that media, he used it as a way to kind of like, you know, get to people emotionally so they can come and march with them and then cause change. So, you know, even just think about how he understood community and media back then. You know, I think now it's it's a powerful thing that we study his ideologies um, because I think that's how we can promote community and change now, not only through social media, but now in specific figures becoming the top, you know, in or on social media. So we're promoting like goodness, but I know I'm getting all over the place. It's a little deep, but when you really think about it, you know, have you seen the movie Selma? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it was a while ago. I seen it, man, when did I, I ran for Mr. Cheney and I actually did a bit from the movie Selma. Oh, yeah. so that was like back in like 2015, 20, yeah, like 2014, 2015, 2015, 2016. There you go. So yeah, 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 yeah. I seen it a while ago. I seen it a while ago. That's one of my favorite films because it directly depicts the power of the image. And if you notice, you know, they were trying to get voting rights in Selma, Alabama. And, you know, in order for them to do that, they had to go and protest but it wasn't really the protest that was important it was capturing the protest that was important because they that's what they needed as fuel to get to the white pastors and preachers up north emotionally so they could come down and also promote rights voting rights for black people so when you think about the negative things that happen like now today in society school shootings you know there's a lot of negative portrayals of people out there that are promoted all day and every day and if we're able to, like, you know, become those top figures and promote, like, more so positivity, you know, you could definitely cause change through, you know, what we see. Uh, because when you connect with people emotionally through, you know, film and footage, you start to change their perceptions. And so, you know, I think that's the power of not only what King was talking about, but, like, what we're supposed to do now with the same ideology. You know, we all have the ability to share something on social media, and in seconds people can see it and be affected on a global scale, mm-hmm. which is crazy. Mm-hmm. You know, can't can, can, can post anything. 
She got up in Bahamas and thugged down the hill. Yeah, it's, it's but, getting seen. But then again, at the same time, you know, I can be the devil's advocate and say none of it matters because, you know, my Instagram got deleted today. Bro, that was <laughs> that, that that when when you said it, oh, you goodness. you you said it yeah. in a in a in an underwhelming tone <laughs> where I like I really I knew how you really felt right, but the way you yeah. said it, it was it didn't disp- it didn't depict any kind of like frustration, but like. <laughs> Bro, like to be honest, man, how how does that how how did that feel, man? Because that that's that's a hurt piece. Like you got twenty k followers and yeah. a lot of content on there. There's 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 a feeling of you know sadness and loss, but then you know when when I understand after not having it already just for eight hours, I've been so much more focused on you know doing things that I need to do in my daily life, and you know I think also that we can become deeply affected by seeking attraction through just social media, pictures and videos, of course, from others. But, you know, I think it's a good uh, reset as well because now I'm able to refocus. And it's funny, when the only page that popped up now on my Instagram, because I have, like, many accounts, but the only account that it, like, let me is it's letting me use is my new fitness page, Heroes. And so I think that's kind of, like, it's deeper than what's happening right now, you know? And I think what I'm supposed to do is like, I am supposed to reset anyway, um, because there might've been a distraction, you know, uh, from the purpose that I'm supposed to have on this world. And so all I know is that, you know, through this, I'm getting closer to the purpose that, you know, I have for the world. And so it sucks, but at the same time, it's kind of like, ah, I get to start over. Yeah, you know. start over, and you, you you built that page once. You know, Man, you can build it. Yeah. You can build it a second time, probably yeah. even stronger than Strong. it was the first time. And I mean, it, this is. I think this is the reset is really a good test. And I had this conversation with one of my previous guests, um, who was a, a writer and author. Yeah. She was. She had to do a reset out of a, a tragedy that happened in her life. And these resets are really a good way for us to test our audience yeah. and see like who really sticks. Right. Because we got a couple ghost followers, people who really just follow just to kind of keep tabs on you, but don't really engage. But, you know, when you when you bring your page back and you got those people who go jump and follow you, those those the real those the real that's the real following. And I mean, you got the other pages. Maybe the reset is for you to focus on heroes. And shoot, man, I I, I even wanted to bring up the fact that you and I had another page called uh, AUC Cam. And you talked about, you know, capturing positive uh, images. Yeah. You know, yeah. y- you guys use that as a platform to yeah. capture the positivity in the AUC, um, right? You know, I can't, I can't lie. Instagram, Instagram is uh, kind of what fueled me and uh, my brother Justice. That's what fueled both of us to be very creative as we are today. Mm-hmm. Um, as Instagram developed, we also did. But what it also allowed us to do was create an online community um, for everyone that was at Spelman, Morehouse, and Clark. Um, kind of like just connecting the student to one. We were always like outside and vibrant and, you know, like in the crowd. So, you know, when we got cameras in our hands, I think it was our, our junior year, um, and we were taking pictures really of ourselves. Of other people would hop in our photos and, you know, we'd end up having crazy photos. We'd be like, dang, we got to put these somewhere. Mm-hmm. Like, so that's why we created the AUC camp because... We didn't want the footage that we had captured to like just go away. We were like, this has to go somewhere, just so, like you know, it can be kept. Like, and then shoot, we need this. People need to see this. And then oh shoot, we need to tag these people, you know. And that was back in the day when Instagram, you couldn't even click on the the photo to see like who was tagged. Right. You just had to write the tag in there. Oh yeah, you just had to tag everybody in the caption. Yeah, man, things changed. People, there's so much like. In 2015, Instagram implemented the videos on their platform. And so that's what got us to get into video, was Instagram enabling video. And it wasn't even videos where you could upload. You could only record videos off the actual Instagram like app itself. And you would hold it down, and like Vine. You remember how Vine was? Yeah. So that's when Instagram incorporated video. But me and Justice, we had our cameras, so we were like, shoot. We need to put this in video mode. And the first video we uploaded on Instagram was Justice Dancing and Spellman off the camera, but it was recorded off 
the camera and then we just played it back on the camera and recorded it on the actual iPhone on Instagram. Bro, I forgot Instagram even like. You even upload yeah. Yeah. So then when they allowed you to upload videos, that's when we were, became even more creative because we always knew that a clear picture was much more attractive. Not only did the individual that's being shot, you know, if I took a picture of you and it was clear, most likely you'd like it. Not because you look different, but because you see yourself different. So that was what we saw about like the power of the camera and the image. Like, oh my goodness, like. The flicks are gonna get way more likes on Instagram just because it's a it's professional, a it's, you know. And every time Justice was the first one to have a photo shoot back in Little Rock for his birthday, literally he had like twenty photos from the photo shoot that were crack. I was like, bro, you gotta upload them bitches. Like, they were so nice. And when he uploaded them, like, you know, the likes that we used to get back in the day, like that were good, were like 50, 70, you know. This man got like 250 likes on that first photo that he uploaded. Like it was a way different experience. Like, so we knew then, whoa. Literally right after he did his photo shoot, I, I paid $250 for a photo shoot. Like, and I got back 10 photos. I was so happy. Literally, I did the same thing. When I got those photos, I had to wait on them. The lady did edits, got the photos, posted all of them, like two a day, didn't save anything. <laughs> but every single one of those photos did. They got, they got They did numbers, boy. I was getting 300, 500 likes. That was the first time that people did shout out for shout out. I was doing, I was getting uh, put on people's pages. This was back in the day. So I was like, oh my goodness. So that led us to, uh, that led up to us like getting on cameras because I was like, dang, I don't want to pay 250 again. Mm-hmm. Like, I was like, I need to know how to get, take pictures, like for real. Even though I come from like, you know, recording myself my sister always had cameras she was younger than me but i think she was like kind of technology a little bit more advanced so she always had it but i always used her stuff but you know for instagram and for stuff like this you know as we're becoming more savvy and you know as everyone's becoming more of a community through instagram that's when we started utilizing you know the tools we had more and so like like i said when they implemented videos and we could upload that's when our creative skills became crazy, you know, and then when 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 they allowed for 60 second videos and you could upload them full screen, that's when we started doing one minute music videos. That's when there was a thing like artists were starting to make one minute songs mm-hmm. and, and but we were kind of one of the first in Atlanta to kind of promote that and that became a thing globally. Mm-hmm. And then you had people making one minute freestyles, 30 second songs, 15 second songs. And then, you know, there was a moment where we even you know, off of Instagram alone, you know, Future and Casino reached out to us. We ended up shooting for them, some of their music videos that they got lots of views on now. But um, it's been it's been an experience, you know, being able to say that, you know, through Instagram, we've become the creators we are and been able to, like, financially benefit from just enjoying utilizing, you know, the platform's full potential, you know. Man, just with the power of social media and that like that story right there is an example of how you can, you know, leverage yeah. social media as a tool yeah. as opposed to allowing it to control you where a lot of people can fall into the the the, 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 the likes fall into the doing things just for the likes, just for the views. Yeah. Hell yeah, bro. Yeah, it's for the likes. I can't do it for the likes now. Nope. You're doing, now you're doing it for the results. Yeah, and the data and collecting the data. So, yeah. hey, we we gonna we gonna keep this uh, this conversation moving, yeah, uh, Timmy. And no, 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 you good, you good. I'm just letting our, our our millionaires know that we gonna take a quick break and we are gonna be right back. All right, what's up, millionaires? So I know I shared this once, maybe even twice, but here's the third time. So I'm really starting to lose faith in business cards, and the reason why is because every time I get about 500 business cards, I use about 100, 150, and my business has changed whether the website has changed or just things are just changing, especially when you're a new entrepreneur. You know, I've been in entrepreneurship just under five years. So, you know, things are still changing. You're optimizing, you're getting new websites, getting new Instagram accounts, and your business card really expires. So what I learned and what I love now is Popple, right? I have a Popple card right here in my pocket. And what I love about it is 
it's a physical card that I can put my logo on, even has a QR code that I can scan or hold up to somebody's phone, and they have a virtual business card where I can update my information as much as I need to. I can share as much information as I want to from my phone number, social media pages, the whole nine, and I can also disable sharing that information if I want to as well. I definitely want you guys to consider Popple because as your business is changing, why spend so much money on these paper business cards when most of the times people throw them away and it's expired because you changed your business. So there's also going to be a link at the bottom of this video for you to download Popple, get your business card, or if I hold it up close enough, you might be able to scan that QR code. All right, bada bing, bada boom, and we back, right? So... Tim, we was talking about a whole lot just now. We was talking about social media, using it as a tool, leveraging it, um, the support system. Um, but as we still bringing in this concept of, you know, because a lot of people are weighing in on their responsibilities of managing and have hard decisions to make. Right. Some people have many passions. Some people have many talents. And a lot of people find themselves having to weigh in on which one is best and making the decision on choosing one. Ha have you ever felt the pressures of of that and, and felt like you had to pick one over the other or one was more important over the other? Does it flip flop or does it stay consistent? Like what's what's been like that journey for you? I mean, you already know even me personally been through that. Like, mm -hmm. There's been many times where we you know, you know things like, like set, set to shoot this. this. Yeah, this this been a long time coming. Suit tie, get dressed up. The first interview, the video calls. We gotta go shoot the video. Crazy, but you know that was a situation where I was like, yo, he gotta come with us. We in this boat together. So you know, there's moments where you gotta know and see where it's smart to choose what you have to do, but um. You know, you know, I, I think, think in, in those, those moments, moments, you know, you, know, you just got to choose wisely, but mm -hmm. um, trying to think of some other things. Yeah, because it, it may not, it may not always, I think that's a good, just a good story right there because yeah. for some people they may feel like this decision yeah. is permanent, yeah. right? And it doesn't have to be permanent. It could sometimes just be like a in the moment type yeah. of thing, or choosing which experience exactly. is going to be better for you. Exactly. And like I told, like I tell you all the time, because this ha this happened, tw this happened twice, right? Twice. This happened twice Literally. where with like the same type of situation, where we ready to go. Like, yeah, like every it seemed like every time we scheduled, he got the call, but it was like. I, I let him know, like, bro, this, this, this right here, man, we, we, we locked in. And I mean, I can't be selfish to, to be like, hell no, we, we set a time. Like, yeah, yeah. you can't go shoot with DeVito. How I say it? Yeah, man, suit up. And, 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 and when that happens, it's all cool. But at the end of the day, like, we got to just understand, like, we got to make decisions based off of what's most important in that moment. And what's most important doesn't necessarily mean, oh, I'm choosing, filming yeah. celebrities over yeah. fitness or I'm choosing fitness over, you know, film. Like it's just a, it's that you got to move with life by experience. And I think sometimes we forget that life is just a, a collection of experiences. So it was like in that experience, we just got to make the decision that's best for us in that moment, in that experience itself. And not thinking that the decision we make is a decision we got to stick with for forever. <laughs> Right, because that may it may not low, no longer align with, with with what you got going on. So, um, and, and so, what what else do you feel like has has played a, a huge role in just kind of balancing it all? And you know, besides the scheduling and things like that, you know, I think of course, uh, you know, initial drive. Um, so there's a lot of people that. You know, I have goals, you know, then there's a, a group of people that dream. Mm -hmm. And I think there's a difference between, like, having goals versus, like, dreaming. And I think when you dream, there's things that you can avoid, you know. And, um, you know, I think, and I know some of the things that I've dreamed of, you know, I'm like, wow, I, like, that's what's going to, I, I, I have to do this. Like, and literally, you know, Dreams, dreams can, can come, come and go, and, go. Um, and they and can change, change too. too. 
uh, but at the same, same time, time, I think, I think the, the realist dreams only develop and become bigger uh, for the better of other people. people. Mm-hmm. And, and so, so most people, people like to idolize or set their goals or to, to not get money, money or to get, to get these material things. things. And, you know, and I, I think, think that used to be what I used to dream about, about as well. And, and of, course, of course, doing, doing that, that could come through medicine, medicine or whatever. My dad, My dad used to want me to always be a doctor. So, so you know, you know now, now that when, when I first, first like, like, was, was in college, college like I went to Morehouse, I studied biology and I was a double major in Africana studies. Um, of course, as I got like deeper, I started getting really into like film and like shooting. And uh, my senior year, when I wanted to try to go to the league, I ended up like recording my whole process. I realized I didn't want to go to med school. You know, I take it to MCAT and everything. And I was like, like my dad was able to get me into a Caribbean med school, you know, like smoothly. But I knew it wasn't like my calling or whatever. <laughs> So I had to like find a way to just tell him that, you know, I didn't want to go to med school. And, you know, that was hard because they were still loving, but, you know, they were like, you know, you got to go ahead and figure life out then. Like, you know, we're not going to stop you from your dreams, but you got to, you know, I wasn't getting that financial support. Yeah, that's a lot to, that's a, a, a lot to unpack. That's a lot to unpack. But let, so let me ask you this, right? Because it is great, it's great to hear that at the end of it all they were supportive still in what you wanted to do but i'm sure when you first made that realization that this isn't for me you didn't think that that was going to be the response so in what like in what ways did you prepare yourself to just have the conversation because to me i'm sure you know like it's a lot of people you know especially in you know african cultures caribbean cultures whose parents have the same thing it was something that i had to kind of work on and I think they kind of already knew without even me having to say uh, because of the things that were leading up to me, like me being fully invested in this career. And so, um, I mean, my parents know that I love them. I wasn't a child that was like denying, like, no, I'm not going to med school. But more so it was like, dad, I'm going to try. You know, I'm going to keep doing this. You know, and through the process of trying, even when I got accepted into the Saba University, I mean, they they just had a hurricane on that uh, on that campus, you know. Like, you know, so there was already things happening to where it was just like, this isn't really right, and it's not me, um, and I didn't really even have to force it. Um, it was more so just like me continuing to do what I needed to do, not just for myself, but for everyone. And I think that's the balance that we got to kind of create. Um, I don't think the decision has to be like you said, drastic. We can wait on certain things. So. Um, the communication was definitely the best part to make everything smooth, to make me like not feel like, oh, my parents hate me, I hate them. Um, but now the fact that we can combine and be very close and loving, that we can always understand what we did, like to get like how our relationship was, um, just to make everything better. I think it's good because it has an effect on like my little brother and like my little sister now, and like their relationship and how they can handle things. So um, all in all, it was definitely good. And now that I'm in this field, like shooting who I shoot, you know, doing what I do um, with film alone, you know, they've seen it as something that's benefited them now. You know, my dad has, you know, gotten some funding just from us shooting commercials for Blue Cross Blue Shield. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, who would have thought, you know, that that's how it can translate. You know, who would have thought that, oh, he tells me he forgets his dad was a photographer and had a dark room. It's like, oh, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. These are things I never learned until I was fully already past that point of, you know, being desperate or feeling like you're deserted or feeling like there's nothing there or like, dang, I'm, I got to live off of my homeboy's couch. Nah, those are good moments to go through. Those are definitely those, those are moments that that make you and it shows how serious you are about your craft as well. And, and another way to you know show how serious that I always like to tell people is, you know, the investments that you make. So like on the fitness side, you know, you show how serious you are about fitness with your investment of time, 
and in you know even an investment of time into film but more so the financial investment into all the equipment that you that you've purchased that really is like this is when you know this is like a passion and let, 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 let's go into it let's go because man timmy timmy invested to a like a lot of equipment and has to had to even invest into a lot of equipment more than once and, and so like just to tell us about that 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 mindset of being so willing to to invest your coins, your hard earned hard earned coins, yeah, yeah. into you know this craft, into this passion, even without the guarantee that you could make that return right away. And I mean, that's, that's the, the biggest, biggest thing. thing. Sometimes the return won't always be something that's financial. But um, going back into my like initial investment that I made, uh, my first like investment that I made that changed my that made my career, not even changed, that made my career was. Um, so I haven't graduated from Morehouse, but long story short, um, the reason was Morehouse had a scandal going on where one of the uh, people in the financial aid, they took the money out of the accounts and like they took, they stole the money basically. So there was over like almost a million dollars worth of money stolen. And literally one of the accounts was mine. Like they, they were real. Damn. Like they, like they took, took some the money out of our accounts. And so, and so I had... I was finishing up one of my semesters um, when I didn't make it to the NFL. I came back to college and like I finished, I was supposed to finish like my last semester, but I was never really enrolled because my payment had been withdrawn. Had been, it wasn't there. It had been taken. Mm-hmm. And literally it was $7,000, $7,500 for two classes, for three classes that I needed to take 12 hours. Um, or I was, it was in four classes and I had the rest of my scholarship. Um, but I had to pay out of pocket my own money. And, um, you know, I'd worked hard in the summer because I knew I had to pay because I knew I had an extra semester. I didn't make the Cleveland Browns. So I was back at home and literally, like, I was already going through it because I didn't make it to the league and now I'm back here. But now I'm at Morehouse and two months into my semester, they, they, my teachers come up to me and like, hey, um, you know, even though we've been talking about, like, you know, you've been written in, the system says that you didn't, like, pay for the school year, so we we got to say this class doesn't count. Um, some teachers told me I couldn't, two of my teachers told me I couldn't come to the class because that's, like, the Morehouse law, but then two of my teachers let me, like, stay and finish and get it incomplete um, because they couldn't give me the grade because I didn't, the finances weren't there, but basically Morehouse was able to refund me my money, and I was supposed to register for another semester. But when I had all that money in my account, the Canon 5D Mark IV had just released, <laughs> and I knew then that this school wasn't going to be anything that was going to lead me to my true passion. Right. I knew that this was the moment where I had to step away from everything and everybody because I didn't make it to the NFL. I thought I was going to make it. Everyone was, like, sold on it. It didn't happen. Um, you know, I'm back in Atlanta trying to finish up. Partial scholarship left over, now paying out of pocket. You know, now having to get a job and try to work. And so doing all that, I was like, when that money came, I was like, yeah, I need to get this camera. So when I got that camera, Everything changed. And um, that investment in that camera was crazy because I literally had nothing left when I bought that camera. Like, I was already living with my homeboys on the football team that were younger than me, you know. And I was, like, the older, like, senior that, like, came back or whatever, didn't have any more years to play in football because I, like, you know, just went to the draft. But, you know, I'm living with all these, not these young folks, but I'm living, you know, in a house and, just trying to find myself in that camera gave me my, like, it, it created that path for me. But it wasn't that fast because when I bought it, like I said, I had nothing. So I had to learn how to, like, start to shoot for free. I remember I had, like, some mentees under me because I was working in the school system um, for the Atlanta public school systems. I was working at Fulton County Schools and APS schools. And, like, I had a lot of kids that were under me. And... um I actually started a program called Shoot with a Camera, Not a Gun. That's a long thing. That's going to be like... Say it. Say it. Was, you had a conversation with Say, and he said it was telling me oh, about that. Oh, my God. 
like, that's amazing. Know about that. That's, that's so real. And like, that's something I think I, I low key not get, I didn't give up on it, but people, I was so passionate about it. No one like really would listen or understand. Like, and it was so real, like how, you know, th- I didn't even say that. Shoot with the camera, not a gun. That was a kid that said that to me, like an eight year old boy mm. from the hood, because he thought my camera was a gun. He was like, hey, bro, give me that gun, give me that gun. And I was like, nah, man. I handed it out. I was like, this is a camera. With this, you can shoot life into people. I didn't even know what I was saying. But he looked at me. He was like, he was like, shoot with a camera, not a gun. And I was like, shoot with a camera, not a gun. Damn. And, but the thing is, it's even It just gave me chills. These dudes now, the same kids, are now like high school, about to go to the Morehouse. Two of them already... Their older brothers already graduated. They're at Georgia State. You know what I'm saying? But they were never in this predicament before because they come from um, Adamsville. You know, and if anyone knows about like Atlanta cities, you know, that's the tent. That's what they call that. And so it's hard to kind of make it out of there. But yeah, you know, they, they're doing some good things now. But long story short, um, that's what like shoot with the camera, not a gun was definitely something that I got to like bring back now. But that really changed so much for like me and those kids when I was working in that school system, man, that really taught me the power of the camera and the image. And this was past my studies with Dr. Martin Luther King. This is now me living out what's happening in the community. You know what I'm saying? So now you got kids that are around all these guns and stuff. And now they're like, every people are starting to say, shoot with a camera, not a gun. Like kids are, Getting that they want to get cameras, they want to shoot themselves, they want to promote themselves positively on social media, and so you know during this time, even though like I was kind of like broke, like I was, my heart was so filled, and I was God was just carrying me in directions, just giving me money at the right time, you know schools would hire me and say, hey, we want to use you for a commercial or they would uh, school. I remember I was so down, and I was just looking at my camera, and I was like, like all this to be here like and I'm not even in my own room I'm just in a homeboy's crib that's letting me stay there for like three months Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying because when you're out here on your own it's difficult (laughs) but you know the schools were like hey we want to give you $1,500 just to you know because they they wanted to use your video as a commercial Do do we have permission like how do you accept payment like when I need it yeah. Like when I've tried everything and I think that's the testament when you've really given your all in any situation and not given up, you're going to be all right. Cause God's going to, that's your reward. Like it's like, a, like you're going to be like this and then someone's going to just tap you. Hey, get up real quick. Man, to me, you don't even know the timing of that <laughs> testimony, right? Cause like, bro, we, we, we literally, I literally had this conversation maybe a couple weeks ago and something spoke to me that was saying, well, I've been saying this since season one, purpose over profit, purpose over profit, purpose over profit. And then recently I heard this quote that said, um, if you protect your passion, your passion will protect 